This is alternative history. Darn it! This is alternative. <laughs> oh my god! This is alternative history. Hey Brian, what'd you do this weekend? I was helping Jack with his piano lessons. He's becoming quite the pianist. You could say you were jacking for beats? Yes, one might say that. Well, actually, one did say that. So, Rod, I got a list of things here for you. You tell me what they all have in common. You ready? Let's all right. This. Underwear, socks, boys' husky pants, back when I was a kid, slippers, snakeskin mini boots, a TV, computer, a DVD player, back when. DVDs were first coming out, a ladder, multiple tools, a refrigerator, multiple lawnmowers, a shed, an elliptical, an exercise bike, and my wife. That's quite the eclectic list. I have no idea what they have in common. They were all, well, well they weren't purchased, all purchased, but they were. I got them all from Sears. No kidding. Yes, I, well, I, you know, I used to work there. I, I didn't remember you used to work. And I, I met my wife there, and I used to be husky. And I do actually, I, I bought a pair of snakeskin mini boots from Sears, where you can literally buy anything at Sears. Well, I used to be able to. Got another list for you, Rod. Milwaukee Mall, Capitol Court, Northridge Mall, Bayshore Mall, Southridge Mall, Brookfield Square. What do all these places have in common? I know this. This is where Sears used to be. Correct. In the city of Milwaukee, they are they all closed. Off mic, I believe you told me this is the first time in how long that there's not a Sears in the city. All the Sears stores have now closed in the city of Milwaukee, and it's been ninety years since 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 there hasn't been a full line Sears store. It's, it's insane. So yeah. So if you haven't caught what we're talking about today on the Alternative History Podcast, we are talking all things Sears. Indeed. Here at the Alternative History Podcast, we provide you. A topic, we discuss that topic and determine whether or not it merited a different result, perhaps a different perception, and alternative history. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about the once mighty Sears. If you don't know anything about Sears, they have, they well, if you're in the city of Milwaukee and you don't know anything about Sears, you're probably never going to because there isn't a Sears available anymore. But they, they used to be everywhere. They were They were in every major city, multiple stores. They've recently fallen on some pretty hard times, and they are on possibly on the brink of being, you know, no longer a company. I did read somewhere that in 2018 they were voted one of the stores most likely to file for bankruptcy. They were at one point the largest retailer in the United States, and this week's thesis and or major question we are asking is actually two questions. We're basically asking, should Sears be Amazon? And can Sears bounce back? Yes. Yeah. And real quick about the, like, just the, the show where the connective tissue is with the should Sears be Amazon. When you look at it from, you know, far away before we did all the research, you look at it. All right. Sears had a catalog. Like, they started out as a catalog company, kind of like the Internet, where the, this book had almost anything and everything you can imagine. And if you go, if you shop on Sears or on, on Amazon, 
they're essentially what Sears was back then. Well, what, so I, yeah, it seems it seems like there there should have been a logical next step there for Sears, right? Exactly. Okay, that's what we're saying. Like, yep. like, that's what I I find fascinating in that Sears was initially a watch and jewelry company, and then became a seller of everything. Whereas yeah. Amazon was initially an internet book provider, correct, and then became a seller of everything. Yeah. And like this is where we're asking. If certain things had gone a certain way, do you think Sears would be where Amazon is now as opposed to where Sears is? is sure. We're trying to really get to. Yeah. And and we're going to discuss through that, is Sears going to be around? Exactly. We're yeah. going to bounce back. So, and the other point, as I say, Brian has a, has a deep connection to Sears, and I, I can't wait to hear your stories, buddy. But before we do that, can we do a history? Yes. So it starts out in 1886, Richard W. Sears founded the R.W. Sears Watch Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota, planning to sell watches via mail order. In 1887, he relocated the company to Chicago and hired Alba C. Roebuck as a watch repairman and then actually began his mail order business selling jewelry and watches. Their first catalog was offered in the same year. Uh, in 1889, Sears sold the business for $100,000, the equivalent of $2.7 million in 2017. He then moved to Iowa, intending to be a banker. His foray into banking lasted three years, and in 1892, he returned to Chicago and established a new business, this time partnering with Roebuck again. The company was named the A.C. Roebuck Watch Company. In the next year, in 1893, they rebranded as Sears Roebuck and Company and began to expand their merchandise offerings in their catalogs. This I pulled directly from Wikipedia. Also, make sure I give credit because I'm not trying to steal this. Before the Sears catalog, farmers near small rural towns usually purchased supplies often at high prices on credit from local general stores with narrow selections of goods. Prices were negotiated and relied on the storekeeper's estimate of a customer's credit worthiness. Sears took advantage of this by publishing catalogs offering customers a wider selection of products at clearly stated prices. By 1894, the Sears catalog had grown to 322 pages featuring sewing machines, bicycles, sporting goods, automobiles, later produced from 1905 to 1915 by Lincoln Motor Car Works of Chicago, no relation to the current Ford line, and a host of other items. By 1895, the company was producing a 532-page catalog. Sales were greater than $400,000, $10.9 million in today money in 1893, and more than $750,000, $221 million two years later. By 1896, dolls, stoves, and groceries had been added to the catalog. And one thing I, I did want to throw in there about the uh, the whole uh, with the rule shopping before the Sears catalog came around, and with the like, credit at, at other stores, what Sears did that was so innovative was cash on delivery. So they basically like if they felt that it, it may have been a scam, you know, because they had to order it through the mail and then it had to get delivered to them. They didn't have to pay anything until the it told it came directly to them. I've never bought anything cash on delivery. I, I always remember you always see stuff on TV television, like yeah. television, like COD. COD. Yeah, exactly. So 
it still exists, but it's not really a, a, a thing that's used now. You, you basically you pay for everything immediately on Amazon, and then it gets sent to you. But but it was it was a it, it was a it was something that was rather new back then and and, and pretty innovative. Cash on delivery is among a couple other factors that essentially helps the catalog basically appear at the right time. At the end of 1890, by the end of that year, the railroads had connected the entire country and two-thirds of the nation's population lived in rural areas. Residents of rural areas had to pay private companies for delivery to retrieve their mail, often at distant postal offices. In 1896, rural free delivery began in the United States, allowing Sears to ship products directly to customers in far off rural places. Yeah, so that that was a kind of a, a revelation to the to the rural community because like you said they were they were they had to like get in their car and drive however far away the horse, post office was or horse. Exactly. Yeah, yes. back you know even back then to go from somewhere to a system where you had to go to get everything and you would do it like maybe like once a week to pretty much every day having the mail brought to you. That was that was revolutionary. Furthermore, in 1913, Parcel Post came into effect. This service is for mail that is too heavy for normal letter delivery and, as a result, is slower than normal delivery. The development of Parcel Post is connected with the improvement of the railway network because it enabled parcels to be carried in bulk on a regular schedule and at cost-effective prices. And considering at one point they were selling entire houses out of the catalog. <laughs> Think about that, cars, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so it came in handy. These factors, along with some others, like cash on delivery and like their guarantee and their quality of product, sure. Sears had become a household name. 1895, Roebuck quits. I can't tell if he actually quits or if Sears buys him out or if Sears, or if Roebuck sells his half to Aaron Nussbaum. Regardless, Nussbaum, or do you know? I believe I believe he, he sold his share to of, Nussbaum of the okay. business, yeah. So then Nussbaum brings in his brother, Julius, I'm sorry, his brother-in-law, Julius Rosenwald, splitting quarter ownership of the company. Rosenwald led the push forward with the diversification of products available for delivery. He leads, the, leads and runs the company. Uh, yeah, so one thing I wanted to add about uh, Rosenwald was that in the first few years of Sears, uh, the company was having issues with damaged shipments, double shipments, because they were shipping things directly from from the manufacturer. So they were taking the order and telling the manufacturer where to ship it. Things were damaged. They were kind of losing money. What what Julius Rosenwald did was he he determined that they needed to buy goods at a cheaper price, sell them at a cheaper price, and increase profits through sheer volume of sales. He was able to accomplish this in part by buying a large distribution center in Chicago, which was a major railroad hub at the time, and he created a standardization in taking, organizing, and shipping orders. He subdivided the process uh, into finding the goods, assembling the order, and packaging it. And this is a, a level of organization that I saw, I worked in, in the stockroom for Sears, it still existed. 10 years ago was when I last worked there. And I also worked in other shipping places, and that, that is a standard procedure to make lead. sure mm-hmm. you, 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 you basically, you, every, every order of the shipping process is segmented and quality assured, essentially. And that's what he brought to the company, and that's what allowed it to, to, to flourish a little bit more than, along with the catalog and the COD and stuff like that, and the, and the, and the mail and the, uh, and the railroad. 
Sears and Rosenwald got along well, but didn't but did not get along with uh, Nussbaum. And in nineteen oh three they buy him out for one point three million dollars, the equivalent of thirty five point four million dollars today. It's a pretty penny. Yes. Under Rosenwald's leadership, Sears begins to manufacture its own products and establishes the policy of guaranteeing full refunds to unsatisfied customers. Again, I'm going to rip this part right from Wikipedia. Rosenwald diversified product lines, dry goods, consumer durables, drugs, hardware, furniture, and nearly anything else a farm household could desire. Sales continued to grow rapidly, and the prosperity of the company and their vision for greater expansion led Sears and Rosenwald to take the company public in 1906 with a stock placement of $40 million, $1.1 billion today. They were required to incorporate a new company to bring the operation public. Sears and Rosenwald established Sears, Roebuck and Company with legal names Sears, Roebuck and CO, essentially replacing the original company. Sure. So uh, Rosenwald supervised the design and building of the business's first department store, built at the Sears, Roebuck and Company complex. The store opened in 1925. Uh, in 1924, a year before the store opened, Rosenwald resigned the presidency but remained as chairman until his death in 1932, devoting most of his time to charity. In 1933, Sears issued the... I'm sorry, this again is from Wikipedia. In 1933... We're going to have to make a donation to Wikipedia <laughs> after this episode. Issued the first of its Christmas catalogs, known as the Sears Wishbook, a catalog featuring toys and gifts separate from the annual Christmas catalog. Sears' mail order is successful for many reasons. One of the most important factors is the mail order business served mainly rural America, a population and areas with less spending power than urban America and a slowly increasing population. Rosenwald brought in Robert E. Wood to take control of the company. The first Sears retail stores opened in combination with the company's mail order offices. Sears was a pioneer in creating department stores that accommodated men as well as women. By 1929, before the onset of the Great Depression, Sears operated more than 300 department stores. Uh, under Wood's leadership. And that to me is, is rather amazing that they, they started out as the catalog company and they were able to A, persevere a world war and mm-hmm. and, and a recession mm-hmm. and, and come out successful. That, that's, a, that's, that, that's some amazing agility and leadership. 300 stores, like in 1929, it's insane. With, with the hiring of Wood in, in, uh, in the early 1920s, he kind of revolutionized revolutionized the company because, like you mentioned, he it was his idea. He he studied the census U.S. Census report, and he saw that the rural population was was diminishing, and people were this the United States was becoming more urban. But rather than rush to move the stores into the the the, the centers of the cities. He said that they should build them on the outskirts of the cities where land was cheap or rent was cheap, there was ample parking, and with with the uh, onset of of the automobile, it made sense that you would drive your automobile to the store, buy buy some clothes, buy something for your automobile, right? Exactly. And it maybe have it fixed right there. there. Exactly. It's impressive. Uh, General Robert E. Wood is in charge for the next 30 years and oversees 
a period of great success. He leaves the company as the company builds many department stores in urban areas in Canada, the first store in 1952, Mexico, first store in 1947, and in the USA. And these stores surpassed mail order business. One of the sources states that the retail business has done better than the mail order business since 1931, actually. And that makes sense. I mean, because we'll get into this a little bit more later. Like, even now, today, people think that I mean, I don't know if they think that, but it, it 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 feels like people are under the assumption that Amazon is dominating the 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 field with sales, and that's why all these stores are closing. There's other reasons why they're closing, like Toys R Us. They just made they had a lot of debt, made some bad decisions. But brick and mortar, I mean, people like the experience of going out shopping. I mean, my wife buys a lot of stuff on Amazon, but she's still there's things that you need to go to an actual store to Check purchase. Out. Everybody yeah. loves shopping. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Sears moved into the suburbs in the 1950s and into the malls in the 1960s and 1970s. Uh, this is from the Smithsonian Magazine. Uh, along with JCPenney, it became a standard shopping mall anchor. Together, the two chains, along with Montgomery Ward, captured 43% of all department store sales by 1975. Sears' foothold in the game would not change until the 1970s when new challenges from Kmart, Target, and Walmart, all founded in 1962, by the way, attracted new customers. And Sears did not find itself challenged as the nation's number one retailer really until the 1980s when it was not only challenged but beaten to number one, first by Kmart, and though I can't really tell the specific year, also, Walmart takes over both of them. I believe the first year that Walmart took them over was 1991. See, that's what I have too. I also have an 89, but but whatever. It definitely the, catch them. The article that I read, there was a, a journalist who was writing an article to, that was going to state that Walmart had overtaken Sears, and the CEO of Sears apparently got rather livid about this article, saying like, like it's not true. But the numbers, and as we know today, I mean. I think the last number that I saw was from 2015, $482 billion worth of sales for Walmart, $25 billion for Sears. That's an astronomical whooping retail style. Uh, Sears discontinued its general catalog in 1993. Sears merged with Kmart in 2005. The discontinuation of its general catalog is most interesting. From the very beginning, it was a mail-order company. Their catalog was offered within a year of the company's coming into existence. In an era when print media reigned supreme, Sears dominated the rural retail market through its huge catalog, an amazing work of product advertising, consumer education, and corporate branding. Titled The Book of Bargains and later The Great Price Maker, the famous Sears catalog expanded in the 1890s from featuring watches and jewelry to including everything from buggies and bicycles to sporting goods and sewing machines. It educated millions of shoppers about mail order procedures such as shipping, cash payment, substitutions, and returns. It used simple and informal language and a warm, welcoming tone. We solicit honest criticism from orders, the 1908 catalog stated, emphasizing customer satisfaction above all else. Sears taught Americans how to shop. This was from the Smithsonian Magazine. Sure. The Sears catalog had been known in the industry as the consumer's bible. 
novelists and story writers often portrayed the importance of the catalog in the emotional lives of rural folks. The catalog also entered the language, particularly of rural dwellers, as a euphemism for toilet paper, as, it pages, as its pages could be torn out and used as such. In 1933, Sears issued the first of its Christmas catalogs, known as the Sears Wishbook. According to the History Channel, Christmas through the decades in the 1960s, the Christmas wish book in 1966 was 632 pages. That's a lot of wishes. You believe that? In 1993, as I said, Sears terminated its general merchandise catalog because of singing sales and profits. Sears Holdings continues to produce specialty catalogs and reintroduce a smaller version of the holiday wish book in 2007. The irony is that within a year of discontinuing their catalog, Amazon appears on the scene and 12 years after discontinuing the catalog, the company is sold. 24 years after discontinuing the catalog, as of 2017, Sears is the 23rd largest retailer in the United States overall. There was like a turning point in the 1980s. It revolved around the decision to either enter the financial services arena or whether to reinvest and correct some of the retail operations and not being able to see which would be more important in the future. They chose financial services. The way they were talking about improving retail was to open boutique-like and product-specific stores featuring their best lines of products. So, for example, like a Kenmore store or yeah. a Firestone store or a Craftsman store or like a baby infant in clothing stores. Like, this is what they were famous for, or essentially tailoring the experience of their best products to their best customers. I think if they do this, Sears could have gone to battle with Walmart and Target and Kmart and probably still gone on top. Back to catalog and Amazon. I know very little of Amazon other than a lot of people shop on Amazon and have Amazon Prime accounts. I'm one of the few people in the US that does not have a Prime account, uh, but I've used Amazon. According to Wikipedia, Tech Giant is the largest internet retailer in the world. The Amazon.com website started as an online bookstore and later diversified to sell video downloads, streaming, MP3 downloads and streaming, audiobook downloads and streaming, software, video games, electronics, apparel, furniture, food, toys, and jewelry. So essentially everything that used to be in the Sears catalog, Amazon now sells online. The company also produces consumer electronics like the Kindle e-readers, Fire tablets, Fire TV, and Echo, and is the world's largest provider of cloud infrastructure services. Amazon also sells certain low-end products under its in-house brand, Amazon Basic. Just like you said, it reads as though they're the 21st century Sears. It's very, it started very specific selling books, like Sears did watches and jewelry. They're able to diversify and start selling everything from electronic entertainment to furniture, toys and clothes. As the company has grown, they've created their own products and essentially paired nicely with their initial offerings, books, and things they were able to first diversify into video streaming, so MP3 players and digital books like the Kindles, the Fire Tablets, the Fire TVs, they mesh real nicely with everything they had yeah, prior. Definitely. You know, they link their things that's how they, That's how they get you. Exactly. And they link their things real nicely to Prime accounts, offering deals to people who have them. Uh, so much so that they're expanding like back in time, building both large distribution centers and brick and mortar stores. And because of the internet, their interface to shop is like the Sears catalog, is, is what it was like back then it is now. 
it's literally as if though they were taking all of the good pages out of the Sears playbook while not even really looking at the bad pages and just pushing through with their world domination. Yeah, like, they're well, they're on the trajectory Sears was from like 1892 to about 1980. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, they haven't quite got to the 1980 version of Sears yet, where basically Sears was you know on top of everything. I mean, there are online competitors for Amazon. Um, they're, they're, Amazon, from my understanding, is moving into brick and mortar. I mean, they bought Whole Foods. They've bought some other uh, bookstores. So they are moving into the, you know, on the ground uh, sales. But, I mean, whether or not they're going to try to, you know, dominate the landscape like Sears did, that that's another, that's to be determined, correct? You, exactly. If you think about it, like... 1994 to 2018, time of recording. That's like literally 1910 in the history of Sears. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Or 1912. Yeah, so we're still in the early stages. Exactly. The lifetime of Sears has spanned and embodied the rise of the modern American consumer culture. The 130-year-old mass merchandiser that was once the largest retailer in the United States is part of the fabric of American society. It is a company that taught consumers how to shop. It's a company that taught companies how to be a company. Like, 20, 23rd ain't bad. I'm just not certain they'll ever get back to, like, a top five yeah, status. Yeah, So, that was a nice rundown of the history of Sears. Thank you for that, Rodrigo. I'm, I'm sure we'll edit out parts. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. See how much time I have to edit. So, what I kind of want to do, is, there's a couple things I wanted to highlight. When Sears started, they got really, really lucky with the advent of the railroad, right? And... When you mirror it with Amazon, Amazon, not that they got lucky with it with the internet. I mean, they were they were basically created as an internet company, but I mean, I don't think they knew, I don't think they could have foreseen the extreme levels of online shopping that were going to be occurring back in 1993 when Amazon or 94 when Amazon became a company. So that and there was one one little, uh, little nugget that I thought highlighted the the genius of Sears. Uh, Richard Sears, when he was, because he used to do the catalog all by himself. Mm -hmm. He would write out everything. He would do all the illustrations. His major competitor for mail order sales was Montgomery Ward, and they also had a catalog. So what Sears, Richard Sears did when he made his catalog, he had the the foresight to make his smaller than Montgomery Ward's. And what he surmised was that when the catalogs are on the coffee table or the, the dining room table or whatever table they're sitting on in the in the family home, they would stack them in order of size and Sears's catalog would always be on top. Huh. Pretty smart. Genius, I think. Yeah, smart. I mean yeah. who who I mean to, to to have that level of insight into how people operate, I think it is very telling as to why Richard Sears was started out a successful company. He didn't bring it to the heights that, you know, it did get to, but he he started it out and you know using techniques like that i think helped immensely another thing i wanted to highlight too was the foresight to first put sears stores into rural or not rural areas but um the outskirts of major cities so they're both ex- they're accessible to both people urban people and and suburban people really and with automobiles yeah and with automobiles and the i didn't i didn't realize this going in there's a whole bunch of stuff about sears i mean i work there i'm wearing my sears name tag with my with my five-year pin (laughs) as we speak so what i didn't realize is that they that sears started the all-state insurance yep 
So the what 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 they determined was okay. So they're coming to buy. They're bringing their car. They're going to buy car parts. Why not sell them insurance to insure that car and the part that they're putting into it? Exactly. It's it's genius. It's like worse. you said, it limits the risk of what you're selling. And all these products that I'm buying, there's a there's a guarantee on them that there there's going to be some kind of I'm getting quality. Back. There's no risk. Exactly. What you alluded to in the history of Sears and what I want to point out too is in 19, I think it was 1981 when they purchased Dean Witter and Coldwell Banker mm-hmm. uh, brokerage firms. Okay. They went into financial, selling risk. Financial services. Financial services and they were selling risk. And there was some, there was a thought process that if you move, if you come to buy a shirt and tie, why not? invest your money like that to me i don't i don't see the 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 correlation there. that's not the same correlation with the automobiles yeah that's what that, that, yeah like that, and that's that's where i think things started to go to go off the rails which makes sense i think it boiled down exactly to what it was it's like the one the auto the auto insurance the all-state insurance helped limit risk whereas the financial service exposed you to nothing but nothing but risk all to risk. yeah exactly. i mean that's that's capitalist capitalism is based off of risk and when you when you're when you're trying to sell something, right? Yep. It, it's based off of risk. When you're putting your money into a product, you want to limit your risk as much as possible. And Sears did that for people for, for decades, and ninety decades some and odd years. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to highlight was the uh, the unheard death knell for Sears, which was Walmart. Walmart. It was uh, Walmart was revolutionizing the way a retailer worked when they came out. The, the stores were all the same. They carried most of the same products. They're all bought by regional buyers and shipped to Walmart stores all through a Walmart distribution center. So they kind of worked the way Sears did work where it was. But the thing about the Walmart stores that were was different from Sears, Sears stores were never centralized. They were never like, you know, cookie cutter versions of each other. I think you mentioned once off mic that. Every Sears you went to was different. I worked at two Sears. I worked at Northridge Mall and I worked at Bayshore Mall. Completely different layouts, completely different stores, different products because it, based on your size, you could sell different things. And then I've been in multiple other Sears stores and none of them are the same. They're all laid out slightly different. Yep, the problem with Sears, like you said, in the 1960s was they moved into malls and based on the design of the mall and where the anchors were and how they were laid out were they one level were they two levels were they three levels that that, that determined how the sears store looked i remember that now. walmart right. is basically they might as well just helicopter in a box drop it onto the pavement and, and then fill it with merchandise and that's what walmart is it's all the same the same stuff two things real quick the bayshore Sears was definitely one level when you mentioned that. There were other Sears that were definitely two levels. I totally forgot about that until you mentioned that here. That, that's kind of fascinating. It, it makes no sense, but it's dead on. I worked at Northridge, and it was two levels. We had a freight elevator when we would haul, we'd be hauling in appliances constantly. No kidding. It was the other thing Walmart did besides being so cookie cutter or box cutter. They got super revolutionary because they were using scanner technology ahead of, ahead of everybody yeah. like they, they had were, a mo- they had a modern computerized inventory system that told them what was sold how much what they had left and they were able to quickly and efficiently restock high selling items and this to me is important because 
what it allowed them to do was prevent items from going on clearance racks. It was exactly like they they, they revolutionized like transfer of product to stores. Yeah, like, you can like do it almost to a science. Like they yeah. they specifically spotted what products sold best and what shelves and like move stuff. To like optimize selling, like like that's, yeah, yeah, that was like micro. It like, seems you know, almost like just like like duh, right? Yeah, like right. it seems like why wouldn't you do that? But the Sears stores stores were so decentralized, and the buyers they had each store had a buyer, and you still had mail shipping orders. Yeah, you still had like 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 like, like, like there were there like each store. So like the the comparative like organization to disorganization, Walmart really. Caught on quick is what I was what I found in the research and 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 by not putting items on clearance, what they were able to do is essentially sell things at what were considered clearance prices, right? Mm-hmm. So Sears didn't want to get into the business that Walmart was doing because they were saying that they were selling cheap inferior products. What Walmart really was doing was they were streamlining the process so well that they could sell items for cheap. cheap exactly. They weren't selling cheap stuff. I mean, they were selling you know non-name brand stuff, yeah, but was it cheap? I don't buy a lot from Walmart. Uh, obviously, people go back to it, so it, there must be some level of qu- some decent level of quality. But they keep going back because even if you buy some, let's say you buy like a pair of shoes for like ten bucks. And they're gone in a year. Well, you can go buy and back and buy another pair of shoes for ten bucks because you didn't make that big of an investment right. into the product. So what's the what's the you know, what does it matter if you threw it out in a year? Right, right. you exactly. got your value out of that and for ten dollars. Exactly. So um, the other thing too was when Walmart was doing all this innovative stuff with you know shipping and and getting you know inventory in on a timely manner for high selling uh, products. Sears, by comparison, they were doing none of this. There's, like I said, they're, they were buying most. Each store was buying most of their own inventory. During the rise of Walmart, Sears decided to invest their large amount of cash flow, which they had a lot of in in the 70s and 80s, into remodeling stores and celebrity advertisements. Um, an article that I read mentioned that Cheryl Teague, supermodel in the 70s Teague. and 80s, she was uh, uh, front and center in their in their catalogs. So. What Sears did is they failed to modernize their computer system. They failed to keep up with what was selling, the trends that were selling. They failed to keep up with the market. They failed to keep up with how business was being done in a more efficient manner. And they, they fell behind. And they were surpassed, like I mentioned, they were surpassed the 2015 482 billion versus 25 billion. That's, like that's I said, it's astronomical. One sided beat that. Yes. Man. And like you said, and so when I worked at Sears and we bought Kmart, I can't, I don't know anyone who worked at Sears that understood what was happening. I misread this. I was wondering why I read this. Now that makes so much more sense. Like, I, read, I misread it as Kmart bought Sears. So the, after the story Kmart's was bankruptcy. I'm like, yeah, well, how, how did yeah. this happen? I, didn't I don't know how the money worked exactly. We were told that we were bought by Kmart. Not quite sure how in the heck did that happen. How in the heck that happened, but. Trying not to swear. And instead of like four-letter words, we're turning them into four four-letter friends. Exactly. I like that. So what they what we were told was Kmart bought us and that we were we were like, are we Kmart employees now? Like what's like am I is this a Kmart washing machine that I'm hauling out? But uh then we were told that it was they re renamed the store the company Sears Holding. Inc. Okay. So it was still Sears. 
So somewhat, whether Kmart bought Sears or Sears bought Kmart, I'm not quite sure. We were told Kmart bought Sears and then used the Sears name, and then they were able to sell Sears goods in Kmart stores. Interesting. Okay. So the the combination of the two, it really it didn't do much. I mean, the whole time I was working at Sears through the the aughts, there was always rumblings. Sears store is going to close. This like I worked at Northridge and we closed. I worked at Bayshore. Um, I left before they ultimately so closed. Before, for our people not from Milwaukee, Northridge was a it was a mall that was around probably since the sixties or seventies. Yeah, in the northern, basically on the north side of our city. Yep. and and Bayshore, it was around also probably since the sixties. I think seventies is what my stepfather told me, and uh, that's the uh, mall nearest to the lake, like in, in that suburban area. Yeah, and, and, and I forget what year it was, but they turned it into, it used to be a little small, mall, tiny mall exactly. that had one acre or two acres, Boston Sears and Boston Sears. store, and then there was just a smattering of shops in between there. It was all one level. Sometime in the late aughts, the, this company came in and just, Turned it into this gigantic shopping mecca. It's called the Bayshore Town Center. Town Center, yeah, not the yeah. Bayshore Mall, but no, whatever. Yeah. Like, so, like, like the Sears used to be there, was an anchor there, and is actually no longer there. Yeah, and then we kind of realized if if Kmart's buying you, something's not going right, right? So we, I didn't really get into the to the ins and outs of it, but I mean, I never thought. So when I started working there, there were there were a bunch of lifers, right? The group of people that I came in. I don't think I know anyone that is still working for Sears because these guys that were working in there that were lifers, they were on the tail. Like they started working there in like the 50s and 60s, right? And that was when you could make a good living working at Sears. When I started working there in, I think it was, I think it was the late 90s, there, you could make a living, but it didn't, like there was, the horizon was not, I mean, not high. The ceiling like, was never the high. The ceiling wasn't high. Like, you could see the end was nigh. I hear what you're saying. And there was no one that I knew that took a job at Sears in my generation who looked explicitly at it as a to 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 be it as a career. Yep. Most of my most of my cohort there at Sears, they we were all in college, and it, it basically it took me forever to get through college. It was a glorified college job. Yeah. And I ended up having to meet my wife at Sears Bayshore. As far as how I look at Sears after the, to me, the downturn started in 1980. And I'll get into a little bit more specific, but there's a couple things uh, I wanted to bring up. One was the Sears Tower. Mm. So the Sears Tower was announced in 1969. It was going to be the new headquarters of Sears in downtown Chicago. At the same time, Sears was the largest retailer in the world with approximately 35,000 employees. The Sears Tower opened in 1973, and the 110-story building was the largest in the world for the next 25 years. And in the surest sign that the company had fallen on hard times and was in severe decline, the building was renamed Willis Tower recently after a London insurance broker that leased, leased part of the building. As so, someone who grew up in Milwaukee, like the Sears Tower in Chicago was kind of a big deal. It was, yeah. it was the big deal. Like when you, among many things in Chicago, you almost always, 
at the very least saw the Sears Tower. Like, you know, that was a big deal. And, like, I, and I went into it. Like, I remember, like, I forgot about that. Did you bring it up? Like, I, and it's it's only coincidental that my name on my Sears badge is Willis. Um, coincidental, yes. Yes. Well, my confirmation name is Willis. So I put Willis on my Sears name tag at some point. Near the end of my illustrious Sears career, uh, hauling, <laughs> hauling boxes and such Televisions. for people. Shoving lawnmowers in people's trunks. And that's not a euphemism, unfortunately. So the major brands of Sears... Yeah, what's that? Or fortunately, maybe. Yeah, fortunately, maybe. <laughs> but like... <laughs> so, some of the, the major brands of Sears... like I think Sears, uh, out of... More than most retailers was known for their major brands. Yep. And I just want to go over the major brands and what is where they're at right now. So Kenmore Appliances. The brand first appeared on a sewing machine sold in the Sears catalog in 1913. Uh, Sears introduced the first Kenmore washing machine in 1927 and the, the first Kenmore vacuum cleaner in 1932. Throughout the 70s, Sears continued to expand its Kenmore brand to household appliances, including refrigerators, freezers, and air conditioners. And in a rather ironic turn, in 2017, Sears made a deal to sell Kenmore appliances through Amazon. So Kenmore is probably, I would I mean, next to Craftsman, their top line. The most famous line, line for sure. Yep. Absolutely. And it, it just seems, I mean, more than ironic that they're selling it now on Amazon, which is basically the Sears of our generation. Craftsman Tools. Uh, Sears acquired the Craftsman trademark and sold its first Craftsman tool in 1927. The brand's early customers were mostly farmers. Craftsman later branched out into lawnmowers, electronics, portable power tools, uh, electric razors, apparently. And it, in March of 2017, it was sold to Stanley Black & Decker. It's like, it's like, I really find it interesting see what would have happened had they gone to like the, their idea of boutique stores of having like a Kenmore store or a Craftsman store. Yeah. That's where you really keep your like your that, fan base and your quality. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. And I I, I I believe I read an article where the current CEO is kind of alluding to that may be the case, but they're running out of brands because we got two more here to go through and they don't own them anymore. Yeah. So Allstate Insurance, uh, so we talked about earlier, Sears formed Allstate Insurance I believe it was in 1931. Yeah, 1931, Allstate Insurance. They, they got the president from uh, 24, right? Uh, yeah, Dennis Haysbert. Haysbert? Yeah. So the company became independent in 1995 after Sears divested its Allstate stock to its shareholders. So it is no longer associated directly with Sears. So that's another that's nice a loss, man. feather in your cap. Go on. Uh, Discover Card. I did. I had, so Discover Card and Allstate. I had no idea that that was started at Sears, and I worked for the company. So Sears added the financial services to its repertoire in the 1980s. In 1985, the company introduced the Discover Card. It was the first card to offer cash re- rewards to customers based on how much the credit card was used. Hmm. So apparently, at one point, uh, within four years, 20, 20 million people had the card. And by the end of the decade, the credit credit operations made a big part of Sears' revenue. So, like we mentioned, like so with credit cards, are there is an inherent risk in a credit card too. So you're basically buying on credit. And when you talk about you know how you know back in the rural days, farmers were buying on credit, and they apparently didn't really like that. This again is like a turn from 
where you're 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 going from something that you revolutionized, where you're going back in time. Yeah, you're 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 basically undoing all the good work that you did. Yeah. So along with selling risk in the market, when you tell people, here's a credit card, you need this refrigerator. Pay me pay me back with interest over the next five years. So I mean that 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 that's a that's a risky proposition. Whenever you're putting up, you know, using using credit. Yeah. So, the company sold off the Discover Card and other financial operations in the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. So, those are four of their major brands that are the only one that they're still holding on to is Kenmore. But you can get it on Amazon. Even that's like no longer as strong as it once was. Yeah. So, at this point, I mean, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of wax poetic on Absolutely. my own uh, my own experience at Sears. Yeah, that's what I brought it up. So first, uh, uh, real quick. Sears in Milwaukee. So right now we're at a a time where I mentioned earlier where there has there's this is the first time in 90 years that there hasn't been a Sears store in the city of Milwaukee. Roughly 1.6 million people in the Milwaukee metro area. That's a large market to not have a part of. So if you're living in Milwaukee, the closest Sears full-line store is in Janesville, Wisconsin, which is about 80 miles away. You might as well just drive to Chicago. Yeah. I think there's one down. There's got to be one in Chicago, right? I think there's one downtown Chicago. Is there? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is. There has to be. So, so I started working at Sears when uh, I was 18. I started working at Sears Northridge. A friend of mine. I used to work at J.C. Penney. I was like a retail whore. It's a bad <laughs> word. Is whore is whore a swear word? It's in the Bible. Okay, like damnation. I was a retail whore. So. I worked at Sears. I worked at JCPenney. I met a, a friend there. He got me a job at Sears. Pretty much right after I turned 18, I started working there. I worked there for several years until I closed. At Northridge and even at Bayshore, there was such a multicultural cast of characters. We had cross-generational ages, uh, you know, different ethnicities. It was great. I loved working there. Got a couple stories. Saw. A grown man's testicles once when they he was he was putting <laughs> he was he took out a tiny step ladder a three step ladder to put a craftsman tool chest into the back of his truck and I asked him if he wanted me to help him and he said no so he t- climbs up this tiny step ladder he's on all fours in the back of his truck he's wearing some Daisy Duke cutoffs <laughs> and just dangling there my buddy that I was working with I'm like did you see that dude's balls hanging out there. Like his wife saw him. She was embarrassed. He's like, I didn't see it. I'm like, you're just blotting that out. Like, you saw it. How could you not see it? It was like the freaking sun. So anyhow, once had a guy I was bringing out um, a lawnmower uh, to him, putting it into his truck, and he gave me a deer heart in a bag. He happened to have a deer heart in for his bag. I, I don't know what it was for. No. I don't know if it was here. Eat some this. kind of, yes. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not accept the oh, deer heart. That's good. We used to have a scrap metal guy that used to come in to pick up scrap metal from us, and he was also a Elvis impersonator. So he drove this big truck, and you know how Elvis was always wearing like those one piece suits. Yeah. He was wearing like a winterized one piece like mechanic suit. He had big Elvis oh, hair. Like the pomodor. Pomodor. Yep. Oh. He had the glasses, the the 
24K glasses. He, he had sideburns. Did he like and, show up singing songs ever by chance? Well, you know, yeah, he did because oh, he would be yeah. driving up and he had a karaoke machine that he kept next to him in his in the in his cab of his truck. That's awesome. And he would he would be he would practice his singing. Mm-hmm. I actually never got to see him perform outside of him in singing in his truck for right. us. I wonder how his American trilogy was. Ah, oh, that would be interesting to find out. We used to just call him, I don't know what his name was, we used to just call him Elvis the Scrap Metal Guy. That's awesome. So, and then, there's a phrase that I always, I like, that I'm known for, that I overheard some guy. So there's used to, there was this guy that worked in the auto center, and I used to run by him and my friend Reggie always talking, and whenever I walked by, he always seemed to be saying, you know, gotta do it, that's me though, that's me. And like every time I walked by, he, him, like whatever I like, I wasn't spying on him. I just keep. I would rant, walk by them when they were in random parts of the conversation, and he was always just either beginning or finishing. You know, gotta do it. That's me though. That's me. And like we, your friends have adopted that. That's definitely yeah. one of our colloquialisms. For yes, sure. Yeah. I, I'm all about gotta do it. Because I was like, I was like, I don't know what this guy that's is doing though. it, but he's got to, and he's that's doing me. it. That's me. That's me. Uh, do it. But apparently, what he had to do was go to jail because he was stealing tires. Oh no! He was putting them into a dumpster and then stealing them. That's one of the things about working in retail, and I don't know if I didn't. I saw it at J.C. Penney, and I, and I at J.C. Penney, it was rampant. That place was getting pilfered by really? the employees. Okay. Yeah, I didn't work there long enough to figure out a way to do it, and I didn't do it at Sears <laughs> because I loved working there. But I do know a lot of people that that you like you. There were some really innovative ways that folks were stealing stuff out of Sears. There was this one guy that was just raking up, just putting astronomical amounts on um on gift cards and giving them out to his buddies and oh. just like parsing them out. Really, and then they were coming back and buying stuff and, and and then I don't know what they were doing with it, but I can't tell you how many people I've how many employees I've seen get chased down by our. Uh, Security. security. I remember yeah. they used to have security for sure. Like the security was always posted up on the electronics section. Basically, I thought they were just watching TV all the time. Yeah. But like, obviously, they were watching the TV. And but. I did hear another, another, another thing that I like to say. I'm gonna, I'll bleep this out. But there, oh. someone, someone got pulled into there, into the, into the uh, security office. And this is when I learned that you could use certain curse words as both like. As an adjective, a verb, and a noun, noun. Yeah. all like like we've stolen this part of <laughs> as well. Basically, sure. what they said was blank all these blank blank and blank and up in this blank, and that was all variations of mf the and b word. word. Yeah, it was it was it was poetry. As you know, we like to swear. We're limiting ourselves, but when you hear it, it's wonderful. It was it was a thing of it was a thing of beauty. So. <laughs> It was, and I, I told everyone, I was like, I, can't, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, so taught us something. Yes, exactly. yes. So, like I said, when I started working at Sears, you know, I was 18. A year later, my dad had a stroke, and he was basically immobilized for the rest of his life. So, when when I, the way I learned how not not so much to be a man, but like how to you know use tools and uh you know build things use my hands i learned that from people from other people at sears uh there was this guy chris that i used to go around and when someone would buy like a pool table or a shed they'd pay him a hundred dollars to come to his house and build it he'd give me 20 bucks to tag along and so i learned how i learned how to do like all these you know build things power tools yeah you, you name it we we probably built it or 
we would take things down and it was it was great i enjoyed every aspect of it except for the lack the pay, of pay, the pay right of course like, so well, we but i mean jobs. like yeah. my co-workers were great my my bosses were great some of the upper management wasn't that great and i can kind of see why sears was kind of collapsing because we had this one we used to always have people come in to determine the quality of our store right and they'd always it would be like when you know when your your parents are having people over and they're like clean up your room yeah put yeah, everything yeah. where it needs to be exactly so we would do that and we were constantly like immaculate right right and this one one time one of the uh big shots from chicago came in and was inspecting our store and there was dust on the pickup screen for the merchandise pickup where we would bring goods to the to the people after they purchased it and loaded into their car yeah and there was dust on the screen and then she wrote us up for that it was crazy. I was like, you just you just tried to justify your existence through dust. That's garbage. Great. That's trash. Speaking of merchandise pickup, one thing I do know for a fact about the human psyche is that everyone overestimates the size of the trunk <laughs> of their car. They People will think you can fit anything in there. I was working there at Sears before the onset advent of the flat screen television. Yeah. Which I would have been, my back would be in much better shape right now if i had a you know if i didn't have to lift a so there were there were these tvs called a sony vega and it was the heaviest freaking tv that ever i swear to god there was at least four or five dead bodies it was made out of like human bone yeah Yeah. so everyone would buy like a 32 36 inch one and they they had to weigh 150 pounds 200 pounds probably and they'd be like, oh, yeah, just pop it in my trunk. It wouldn't fit. And then they'd be like, here, take this twine and tie it to my car. I'd be like, listen, you just spent $500 on a TV and you want me, a person you just met, to tie this thing to your car? With twine. Like, you trust me that much? Or, or I'm like, do you know how much they pay me? A bungee cord. Yes. <laughs> it got to the point where, where management was like, oh, you, you can't do that anymore. I'm like, I don't know why we were doing it to begin place, with. Yeah. Like where did they get? Where did we get this twine? Like it was just, it was just, uh, it was a great experience. I really loved working there, and I, uh, I would be crestfallen if there was no longer Sears as we know it. So the first question: Should Sears be Amazon? Sears should have been Amazon. Like, like I really feel that at the end of the day, you have to adjust or die. And if they make the adjustment. They survive, and, and it's just the fact that literally within a year of getting rid of their main thing, Amazon takes over. Amazon shows up. Like if they just yeah. stay the course, they, I think they'll be fine. You go on their website now, and it's like what it should have been right away. If that makes sense, like it's. I think that if they had the right leadership, they do it. I don't see how they don't. Every, the structure was in place. I totally think they should be Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see where you could come to that conclusion. Where do you stand on the future of Sears? So does Sears bounce back? I think Sears is is, is fine. I think Sears is is, is going to be what it is. You know, it might it might crack the top fifteen, but I, you know, like it's there's. Do you think it'll ever reach its former heights? No, do I don't think. think it'll ever come do you back think to it'll five. be a full line retailer, or do you think it's going to be a micro retailer? I think it'll be a micro. Uh, I think it'll continue to be a full line retailer. But it should be like more streamlined. It'll be a micro. I think that 
it'll it'll bounce back. I don't think it'll ever be like I say a top five, top one type retailer, but it'll still be in the top fifteen, top twenty. I think that that's that's very good. How about you? Do you think they're coming back? When we first brought up this topic, I, I mean, I've been interested in Sears for a long time. You know, I worked there. Yeah. I mean, I, I my family essentially started there, so I want Sears to be Amazon essentially because I trust I trust the the products, the products there. Yes, I mean, I, I own a lot of it, except for my wife. Right, right. That's a mutual <laughs> agreed upon situation. That's, that's I mean, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a contract, exactly. essentially, agreed upon in front of a crowd of 2,000 and signed in blood by a priest. So what essentially I wanted to see was some kind of connective tissue that would show me that when Sears was transitioning from moving away from the catalog something that would that could prove to me that they would have the insight the foresight to move into online sales in 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 a in a, in a powerful way like they did with the with the catalog and like i highlighted with richard sears how he made his catalog smaller like something that was something like something that seems kind of obscure but is like a real real important thing mm-hmm. showing that your attention to detail is there that you know what's going on like you know you got to you got to do every little thing to to get a to get an edge on on your competitor Sears wasn't doing any of that what Sears was in, starting in 1980 was what Sears what they thought they were like we're like we are Sears this is how we do things like we 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 like I don't know if they thought like we created this retail business, this boom, like we're not changing. That that lack, that inability to change, inability to to see what Walmart was doing and 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 mimic them. And when they moved from basically, and it didn't like the move to selling financial services didn't ruin the bit the company right it was actually profitable right but there was a um, a story that i heard that the brokers for dean witter and cold old banker didn't want to work in sears stores because no one in in a sears store was buying financial services because they moved from selling guaranteed products to risk exactly. and i think right there is the where you can pinpoint where sears went on they fell off the tracks essentially as to who they were they thought they knew who they were, which was a re- like a giant, booming retailer. But if you look, they never went back to look into their history mm-hmm. to see how to move forward. They kind of saw where they currently were and decided and saw how to move. For- thought they knew how to move forward, which was erroneous, as we see now. So, could they have been Amazon? Should they be Amazon? I, there, I, to me, there's absolutely no way they could be Amazon because they lost. They lost so they were so far away from what their core was when they started that they they couldn't see the advent of uh, internet sales i don't think they would have had the foresight to do that will sears still be around god i really hope so like i mentioned sears holds a a near and dear place in my heart i i have a lot of fond memories there jessica and i were driving by the bayshore location and i was like jessica look what they've done to our love The the store is now no, in a, in a crumble, totally hot good. mess of its former self. It's no longer there. I was like, I hope this is not a metaphor for what's to come. But anyhow, that being said, yeah. That being said, I love Sears. I hope they stick around. I'm probably in the same boat you are. I think they're still going to be around. It's a powerful brand name. 
as long as they can keep afloat financially and not go the route of Toys R Us, where Toys R Us was just basically they they sunk themselves through bad another company that had making an amazing catalog. Like I, yeah, I, that's the thing is like I don't understand how old companies like that have like you say this history of like doing well for their for their people their crowd how they're not like adjusting like i, I still don't well there's Toys R Us had other issues i get that but at the same time it's like there's there, there's there's a couple things w- with sears they had legacy employees where they're paying pensions for these employees so that's a built-in cost that okay. you can never erase away and with toys r us i think they were i don't know i don't know where their business decisions went wrong but when you got bigger companies and i know this from working i work at a large university and when it comes to technology the schools and i'm sure this applies to any other you know line of business the schools that are making the most headway using new and innovative technology are the smaller schools because they're more agile mm. there's less bureaucracy mm-hmm. less red tape you don't need 27 people to make a decision you can you got like two or three people to make Just a decision i hear you too much there's not as much group think right essentially so i think that is it's just a a way you know businesses move when they get you know so big they move towards a large bureaucracy mm-hmm. and you know group thinking and, and it can kill you sometimes i mean not always but it can and in serious case to me it looks like it didn't quite kill them but it, it wounded them quite possibly mortally so i think sears will still be around i think like you said i think there will be some full line stores where they know that they can you know you know be profitable mm-hmm. i think we're more likely to see more and this is probably more in line where i would want to see a sears go where they're going to be selling um you know exercise equipment tools washers and dryers when i need a tool i think of sears when i need a pair of pants i go to target poles you know you know i don't i don't think of sears for clothes so i think if they're going to be if they're going to utilize their brand to the best they can from what i remember i was hauling out electronics refrigerators appliances you know everything tools uh you know tool chests stuff like that it wasn't a really big demand for for clothing the soft line stuff so if they can focus on their hard line stuff i think we can i think we can keep sears and i hope we do makes sense it's good stuff so there you have it that is the alternative history of sears yeah we got a little got a little rambly there at the end when i was waxing poetic about sears but like i said i just i can't quit sears man (laughs) that's my brokeback mountain Sears can't quit them. We have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. That being said, uh, that's game. Let us, let us know what you think. Let us know if we're you know full of manure or if we're not. Like I say, you know, you want to cover your ears when we hear us talk. Let us know. Reach out to us on Facebook. Reach out to us on Twitter. Email us. We'll yeah. So we are at at Alt History PC on Twitter. Alternative History on Facebook. Alternative History Podcast at gmail.com find us like i said itunes google play and potable please comment please like please subscribe please help us out stitcher also we're on stitcher yes yeah we're, we're moving up in the world trying thank you and thanks for listening <laughs>